0: Hey, I'm Mackenzie.
1: And I'm Natasha.
0: And welcome to Missing Pieces, a Canadian true crime podcast, episode number nine.
1: Welcome back. I have nothing of value to say. Oh yeah, we did We did promise you guys two episodes this week. Kind of, we like casually, you casually mentioned it on recording, like an idiot. And we're filthy liars. There's not gonna, this is, we didn't do that at all.
0: Well, technically this is still within the week, so it counts sort of.
1: I thought we recorded last Sunday.
0: And it's Sunday, so it's technically, never mind, whatever. Moving on.
1: (laughs) That only counts as one week, I think. Unless we did it Monday. What day was March 4th? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't even care. Um, yeah, hey, how was your week?
0: Um, fine. No, not much really going on. I'm teaching a... CPR class slash like stroke recognition class on Tuesday. So I got together with my friend the other day and basically sat there for like an hour and a half and watched videos and generally chit chatted about how to teach old people how to do CPR without actually having to need CPR themselves.
1: Wow, that's valuable.
0: Yeah, it was oddly productive actually.
1: <laughs> it sounds really boring, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: No, it's actually good. I'm I'm kind of excited because I I really want to get into like instructing and teaching this kind of stuff. So I'm just I don't know. It'll be good practice. Oh well,
1: that's good. I mean, yeah, follow your dreams.
0: Yeah, that's not. I don't know if it, I don't know if I'd call it a dream. So much as just a you You're, know.
1: No, it's not your dream to instruct geriatrics.
0: <laughs> no, it's not my dream to spend time at the Wrinkle Ranch. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but hey, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be.
1: Right, I'm sure some one of them is going to bring like stale cookies and one of them will bring
0: Hard candies over. because they're old people and they always have candy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to be... one for us. <laughs> yeah. How about you? What did you get up to?
1: Oh, oh my goodness. Sorry. Uh, whew, that's about how good my week goes. Just one big yawn. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? I worked all week as I always do and then I worked extra this week. Shoveling snow, which was simultaneously awesome because I worked with a bunch of really cool people, and terrible because I'm a fucking whiny ass bitch and I don't like hard work. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I love hard work. But I did not like shoveling snow for eight hours. Yeah, no. Two days in a row. Mm-hmm. That was not fun. I honest I to God.
0: When you sent sure. me those, when you sent me those photos, so background, she sent me pictures, and they're all like on top of. Are, are you on a roof or something? We're
1: on a stadium roof, yeah. Yeah. Like a football stadium roof.
0: Yeah, and they have like all their climbing gear on, and it's like a nice sunny day. And I was like, "You bitch," thinking she's like having fun without me. And she texts me back, and she's like, "I literally just shoveled twenty thousand pounds of snow. Why am I I'm a in bitch? Hell. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a frozen, cold tundra wasteland of hell. I was like, Oh, never mind. You're fine." <laughs>
1: Yeah. Are you having fun without me, you bitch? No, I was fucking dying. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, I was like, oh, okay, well, okay, never mind.
1: <laughs> oh god, my back is killing me. Mm. But it's like the good killing you, where it's like I'm gonna have like some sick muscle development there now. Maybe if I can stop eating all these donuts.
0: Yeah.
1: that was it. That was my fuel. All Friday and Saturday, I just ate Donut. donuts. Donuts. And subway, and I was like, "All right, time to go out there and shovel and burn some calories." Let me just eat four Boston creams.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know what? Carbs are good for when you're trying to exercise.
1: Carbs are not good for when you're trying to get rid of that stubborn belly pouch. That was <laughs> <Valley> point. <laughs> so now i don't know what to do i mean like on the one hand i'm like anorexia but then on the other hand i'm like i ah, have food yeah
0: pretty much i don't mean, know that was like me too i was like i could never have an eating disorder i was like i love food too much and then i was like wait no maybe that is an eating disorder because i can't stop <laughs> yeah, eating
1: already have eating disorders
0: <laughs> uh no we don't we just love food is
1: that a poor taste to casually make fun of Well, not make fun of, but make jokes about eating disorders. Is that We make
0: jokes about murder.
1: You have a very good point (laughs) there. Okay, so that's a no, then. (laughs) If anyone's
0: coming here to be, like, offended by casual existential despair and the occasional disparaging of inappropriate topics, yeah, you're in the wrong place.
1: Yeah. This is not the Fluffy Bunny podcast. No.
0: It is not. Alright,
1: well, <clears throat> that's it. That's it for me.
0: That was your week? That's it?
1: That was my whole week. I shoveled snow and hated it.
0: Oh, alright. Well, that kind of just sounds like life in BC for the last three months, but you know.
1: No. Although, like, man, we got a heat. So, basically, the entire winter in Saskatchewan this year, it did not snow at all. It, like, sprinkled a little bit. Yeah. And then... For the rest of the time it was just like bitterly cold and dry as a bone so my skin anyway we're not going there it's disgusting is the answer but <laughs>
0: <laughs> someone's gonna then, be shooting you and skinning you and turning you into crocodile handbags that what
1: you're telling me oh my goodness yeah I would make a really good pair of boots let me tell you uh, <laughs> yeah so but then in two days it dumped. Like, I mean, I know in BC it's pretty normal to get, like, 16 inches of snow in two days, but mm-hmm. in Saskatchewan, it was completely fucking world ending. Like, nobody could drive anywhere. I had to push two people, day one, on my way home from work, I had to push two people out and then ignore another two because I was just like, I'm so sorry, I have to fucking go home, I'm exhausted. (laughs) And got home and shoveled myself out of my fucking parking space, and then I had to help two other people shovel themselves into their parking spaces because, like, it was so much fucking snow, and it's so windy here that it all blows away and piles in really inconvenient places like your empty parking space. So, empty parking space, when you leave for work, you come home, Six feet of snow. You're like, oh, "Oh, like, I'm fucking exhausted, and I just want to go have a nap, but I can't, because now four people need to move in order for me to get into my parking space. Uh, Oh, and my parking space is full of snow. Oh,
0: (laughs) God, no thank you.
1: And I don't even own a snow shovel. Like, I'm the worst Canadian.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, here we've had, like, a big dump of snow, and then it'll melt, and then it will freeze. So you'll have the melt day and you're like yeah it's spring great and the next day it's frozen over and you go outside and you're like what is this slippery wasteland of of icy hell and you're trying (laughs) to get your car out you're like okay cool so even though it's flat my car is not going anywhere fantastic i came up the hill um coming home from work one day and there's like four cars just stuck on like one corner of the road And I'm like oh that's weird what's going on and I look and they're like pulling someone out of the ditch Who slid into the ditch I'm like okay everyone's paused to like help this person like get their car out of the ditch or whatever yeah everyone else was stuck oh no yeah like that person was stuck in the ditch but everyone else was spinning out trying to like get even farther up the hill to get past them so we ended up a bunch (sighs) of us ended up getting out of our cars and pushing a bunch of other cars out of the way and then i got back in my car and someone had to come and push me out of the way i was just like this is mortifying there was like six people but at the same time it was the most canadian thing i've ever seen it was fantastic it was that
1: is fucking hilariously that is exactly what i said so this one car that me and my co-worker pulled over to, uh, to help was i mean two things first thing poor guy cuz he was like really stuck. Second thing, what the fuck are you thinking bringing like a garbagey all-wheel drive car? Like it was like like a new RAV4 or like one of those. It was like it was an SUV but there was nothing sport utility about it. It was just like a completely useless pile of metal. So he just pile-drives it right into this huge like fucking 16 inch bank of snow trying to turn left um onto like an exit onto a highway or whatever so he's stuck as shit and we pull over and we actually had to flip a u-turn which my friend i fucking laughed my ass off she calls it a shit hook a u-turn she says we'll just flip a shit hook and <laughs> <laughs> catch people man i don't know and they laughed at me for calling a turn signal light an indicator or a blinker like they laughed at me they were like, "It's just called a signal light," and I'm like, "No, it's called an indicator." Anyway, they fucking a shit hook. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so we flipped a shit hook and <laughs> and stopped to help this poor guy out. Four other cars immediately hazards on, stopped. Everyone gets out of the car. We help dig this guy out. None of us have shovels. None of us have gloves. We're all just like digging this poor guy out, and I looked over at the one guy next to me, and I was like, "This is so fucking Canadian," and he just laughed, and he's like, "Yeah, it
0: really is, isn't it?" It's funny too how like when one person stops, other people are like, "Oh, okay, it's fine to do that," you know what I mean? They're like, "All right, cool," yeah,
1: yeah, because both me and my coworker. She she might listen to this. But I don't know whether I'll say her name or not. Yeah, she's really cool. So shout out to her. <laughs> um, yeah, she's like, man, should we stop? And I'm like, yeah, I just have to figure out where. Because of course, like the snow, the plows here they don't don't plow. The difference between Saskatchewan and every other province is that Saskatchewan plows after the snow is finished falling. Where everywhere else, as soon as the snow starts falling, the plows come out. Yeah. So, it's been, like, a week and a half, and they still haven't finished plowing all the side streets. Oh, my God. Actually, okay, a week and a half is an exaggeration, but it's been, like, five days. And they're not expected to be done until, I don't know, like, next Tuesday or something like that. Like, it's ridiculous.
0: (sighs) Meanwhile, we get, like, a centimeter of snow, and all the snow plows come busting out. They're like, time for us to
1: go to work! I know like forty seven snow plows go on yeah. one street and you're like here in Saskatchewan like you don't even see a snow plow. It's like you wake up one day and there's a ton of snow and you wake up the next day and like, oh wait, it's still there, there's no plows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God.
1: It was awful. Yeah, sorry. So anyway, we flipped around as soon as we did, everyone else stopped. But before that, the poor guy was probably there for a while. He's like digging it with his bare hands. Oh. Like, whatever those wimpy little SUVs are. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's funny, too, because it was, like, it's almost like you drive by or you, like, watch people drive by. And it's not that you don't want to help, but you're, like, well, do I stop and, like, inconvenience other travelers by my stopping and then look like an asshole? Or do I, in order to help this guy get out, or do I just kind of leave it? And you're, like, meh, you know, and you kind of, like, hum and it for a while. And then you're, like, no, I shouldn't be a, I shouldn't be a dick. I should actually stop and help I this person.
1: I be a good person. Yeah,
0: and then as soon as you do, like, ten other people are, like, okay, cool, this is fine to do now. We're doing this.
1: It's like, oh, God damn it, guys, really? <laughs> yeah.
0: But at the same time, it's really nice.
1: Oh, yeah, some bitch honked at me. Like, the second car, we had to, so we pulled this guy out, mm. and then, or sorry, pushed this guy out. Then, two blocks later, someone else is stuck. Mm. So we pull over, and I had to wait for a pedestrian, because I was, once again, not the only one to pull over. So some guy pulls over, gets out of his car, walks in front of me, because he saw that I was pulling over, too. So I'm stopped in the middle of the road yeah waiting for this guy to walk in front of my car and some bitch comes up behind me and honks and i'm like yeah let me just run over this fucking pedestrian so that you can get your latte faster miranda (laughs) you and your honda civic can fuck off
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know what the worst driving thing that just drives me absolutely no pun intended drives me crazy (laughs) um when you're in the ambulance and you're going with the lights and sirens and somebody flips you off what yeah yeah so you like pull out in front of an intersection or something like that and they'll either give you the death glare like you've inconvenienced them and like like you should be stopping for them and they shouldn't be stopping for you or i've actually had people like honk and flip me off as i'm like going through traffic
1: what the fuck yeah and you just look over and they're if i'll just let you fucking i'll let somebody die so that you can not miss your fucking stupid board meeting like. yeah that
0: you don't even want to go to anyway that you're bitter about because yeah. paul's getting a oh, promotion no, over I'm you
1: minutes late for your board meeting i'll just fucking let somebody choke to death on an apple piece or whatever yeah no
0: it just makes me crazy like you'll look over and they're just death staring you and i'm like can you i'm can i help you i'm sorry no i can't like
1: <laughs> yeah no go fuck yourself
0: <laughs> pretty much I'm like, i can't do anything about this like this is my job get out of the way your job is to move
1: yeah you are the one in the wrong here Bugger yeah. off. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: oh god
1: all right so should we start this thing yes let's do it okay so <clears throat> I have the Richardson family murders so what happened to the Richardson family everybody died in case you didn't figure that out from the title <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So Tell me
0: more, I'm PM. intrigued.
1: Sorry, oh yeah. So one PM, April twenty third, two thousand six, Mark Richardson, forty two, his wife Deborah, forty eight, and their son Jacob eight. Oh no. Were found dead in their home in Medicine Hat, Alberta. Bodies were seen through the window of their home by a neighbor. Oh. Which is really that would be kind of fucking scarring. A
0: little bit.
1: Yeah, so it was Mark and Deborah's bodies that were seen through the window, and then little Jacob Richardson's body was found upstairs in his bedroom. All three victims had been stabbed to death, and Jacob's throat had been slashed on top of being stabbed, which was just chipper. Gross. And then they had their other daughter, 12 year old Jasmine Richardson, was missing, suspected abduction. So naturally, there was fucking panic. Alert was issued, and they ended up finding her over a hundred kilometers away in Saskatchewan, alive, with her boyfriend, twenty-three-year-old Jeremy Steink. So let me just say that again. Twelve-year-old Jasmine was found with her boyfriend, (laughs) twenty-three-year-old. jeremy that's
0: so wrong okay
1: that's fucking disgusting i'm all for like age is just a number but that's not okay age is just a
0: number age. until you're a pedophile
1: yeah age is just a number like you can go you get like 40 years old and 50 years old totally cool 12 and 22 not okay
0: Ugh, so many things wrong with that
1: no, or, sorry, 23, not 22. Whatever. And really, like,
0: what do you have in common with someone? Like, who a 23-year-old, what the hell do you have in common with a 12-year-old? Or, like, yeah, you know, we can talk about today, Yu-Gi-Oh! Really? Like,
1: <laughs> or oh, maybe they neopads. do have that in Oh, yeah! Uh, for Neopets? Oh, my God. Oh, I mean, God. So many of those. They're probably all, like, I mean, I didn't intentionally kill them, you know? I just forgot about them. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> anyway, so I'm about to fucking tell you what these two crazy kids had in common. Ugh. Uh, well, the first thing they had in common was the strong disapproval of their relationship mm. by Mark and Deborah.
0: Shock, surprise.
1: And, oh my goodness, wow, somebody didn't agree with a fucking child bride? Wow, strange. Mm-hmm. So they forbade it, the parents, obviously, and the rest of the stuff they had in common was that they were completely fucking bizarre human beings. Mm. They were both total weirdos. And just clearly bonded over that because I can't even, I can't even explain. Like, if the audience could see my face right now, you would probably get the gist of it. But what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) So, Stank told his friends that he was a 300-year-old werewolf. I just sorted
0: my coffee out there.
1: (laughs) What? Sorry, I probably should have, uh... Let you finish taking your sip there yeah thanks <laughs> so yeah he was a 300 year old werewolf and he claimed that he liked the taste of blood and Ew. he wore a vial of blood a small one around his neck just to be a complete fucking basket case uh. the i don't know so 12 year old jasmine fucking ate it up apparently it was just like oh my god yeah wow he's definitely it's like twilight except I don't think twilight was around in 2006 I don't
0: ooh, I don't or know maybe it was
1: I don't know whatever either way like it's not okay there kiddo yeah
0: <laughs> <Ugh>. stranger, danger. <laughs> stranger danger yeah lycanthropic stranger danger cut that shit out Ugh.
1: yeah so we uh no not we you maybe me Nexopia? Did you you had a Nexopia? I can't remember if I ever did. Yeah, I did. But for those of you who don't know, Nexopia was a very early two thousands chat site for teenagers. Emo yeah. Kids. Yeah. Anyway, that was how they met, uh, or something. That was uh, that they kept in contact over Nexopia. I don't know whether they met there, but whatever. It was weird. The pictures. I could find of her were up were from her Nexopia profile page, and it was exactly what you would picture a twelve year old kid going through an emo phase to look like. She had the heavy eyeliner, the dark clothes, the straight black hair. Mackenzie, is this sounding familiar (laughs) to you? I do believe that this is your profile picture I'm describing as well. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: probably could be.
1: Stereotypical
0: profile picture for people
1: on Nexopia. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh,
0: Except god. I think I did the black lipstick thing too, and I did the like fishnet gloves. Oh god, no. Oh
1: man, yep.
0: If there is actually a photo out in the world that exists of that, I will never live down the shame. Oh
1: my god. If there's a god in this world, he'll have like
0: deleted. Burned that. Yeah. <laughs> nah. <Nuh-uh.
1: laughs> it's probably on the deep web somewhere. Ooh. There's some guy dressed up as a unicorn masturbating to it. Ew. (laughs) Thanks
0: for that. You just go barf out the rest of my coffee. (sighs) Uh,
1: Hey, anytime you need to feel great about something, you just come to me. I'm the positivity queen. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Okay, anyway, so. Oh god, that's just so fucked up. Oh god. Um. In one of these online message exchanges, probably over Nextopia or MSN. Do you remember mm-hmm. MSN? Yep. Oh, my God. So, they, Jasmine wrote to him, I have this plan. It begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. What a charming child. Uh, and
0: really subtle, too.
1: I know, right? Like, no cop is ever going to find that and take it seriously. <laughs> Especially when your whole family turns up dead a week later. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry, actually. Less than a month. So, another one was written by Jeremy, probably in response. He said some really creepy shit about slitting their throats and that their blood shall be painted. And it was like some wacky poem thing where he was like, my lover has been treated wrong by her parents or something. It was fucking weird and creepy. I was like, ah, if you're saying the word lover to a 12-year-old,
0: you're
1: deeply disturbed inside your brain there.
0: But that was already clear due to the fact that you think you're a 300-year-old werewolf.
1: Valid point. (laughs) So, less than a month later, they carried out their plan, and the blood was payment, or whatever. Mark and Deborah were killed first, stabbed by Jeremy. Deborah had 12 stab wounds, Mark had 24, which fucking overkill? Oh my god! Like, just one should do the job, if you know what you're doing.
0: Well, yeah, but they're also not that old and probably don't know what they're doing
1: yeah okay true plus the guy sounds like a fucking idiot yeah so yeah uh mark had actually tried to come to his wife's aid so he had a bunch of stab wounds wounds stab wounds (laughs) (laughs) in his back and oh fuck deborah had one through the fucking heart i think like it was fucked Or maybe he did. I don't know. One of them had one to the heart and one of them had a bunch to the back. It was brutal. So Jeremy then carried on upstairs to Jacob's room. And Jasmine was sitting up there with Jacob, I don't know, consoling him, which is really fucked up. So she then stabbed her little eight-year-old brother four times. And then Jeremy slashed his throat. Ugh. which is really fucked up like killing i mean loads of killers kill their own parents but not a lot of them kill their own siblings like their baby siblings or not like baby but basically younger siblings you know i don't know or is that just me did i make that fact up i do that sometimes
0: I don't know, but can you imagine, like, the betrayal that he must have felt, where she's sitting there trying to console him because their parents are being attacked, and then all of a sudden she just rounds on him and starts attacking him?
1: Yeah. Oh, good, babe, you're here. Let's get to killing my little brother. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, so then just, you know, to make things a little shittier, when she was asked why she killed her brother, Jasmine said she thought it was cruel to leave him to live without his parents. Like, maybe you shouldn't have fucking killed them then? Like, there's such a thing as eloping, you know? Like, you could have just run away together. You didn't have to murder your family. Ugh. Anyway, hours later, hours later, they were seen laughing and kissing in a restaurant. Like, haha, yay, good job, babe. Way to kill my family. Let's go get a bagel.
0: (sighs) Yeah, what do you even eat after you kill somebody? What's a valid question?
1: Victory pie.
0: Uh, I don't... Uh. Ugh.
1: Anyway, um, that was horrible and disgusting. But then they got caught, which was great. Uh, so they were first convicted. That was a bit of a jump. My notes are kind of messy. I apologize. So after that really poor segue, they were first convicted in 2006. In 2007, they went on trial, or Jasmine went on trial at age 14 and yeah 14 man 12 and you kill your whole family oh fuck so age 14 she went on trial received a relatively new punishment which was some like mental health rehabilitation thing that i forgot to write down do you want to google that do you have the means to google it out while i finish talking or no not really okay that's cool but you know you might not know what it's called but you'll know it was relatively new Uh, She was found guilty on three counts of murder, and she got 10 years, because only 10 years, which is really annoying, but the max sentence for kids under 14 dictated by the Youth Criminal Justice Act is 10 years for major crimes. So she killed three people and got 10 years for it at the age of 12. So, or sorry, at the age of 14. So 24 years, she's going to be chilling and sitting at Starbucks with her murder latte, Uh, Her sentence was actually broken up. 18 months of credit had already been served before the trial, because obviously jail at 12, 14 on trial, lots of time in between that. Uh, So then that plus four years in a psych facility, excuse me, followed by four and a half years under supervision in the community. So she really only got like five and a half years of actual time.
0: So instead... She got someone to come out to her community just to be like, just double checking. You're not stabbing anyone right now, are you? No. Okay. Good. We're fine.
1: Hey kiddo, you haven't murdered any more kids, have you? No. How about parents? No. All right. Awesome. Keep on.
0: Keep on. Hockey. Yeah. Let me just check that tick off my box. Not murdering. <laughs> not
1: at present. Ka-took. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. I think she pretty much fucking got away with it. And she got out May 2016 at age 23. If she remains clean until 2020, by clean, they mean not killing, just to specify. Uh, The murders will be expunged from her record. So what year is it? 2018? Two years. If she can not murder anybody for two more years, she gets a clean slate. Wow. (laughs) Wow. And experts, apparently, I just had to add this point in, experts consider her rehabilitated. Like, I, can you fucking get rehabilitated? Like, that's gotta be some deeply scarring shit, despite the fact that you're clearly a messed up individual. Anyway, others say they're not sure. Big surprise. So, I don't know. But I, the thing that gets me is, like, it's kind of... You kind of naturally think, like, oh, she's 12, like, he probably led her around, you know, he probably...
0: Had influence over her, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was kind of the power in that relationship, right? But no, she actually convinced him. She talked him into killing her family for her, slash, with her. Which is just really not fucking cool. But, I mean, like, on the one hand, if you... I mean, at 12, if you're that good at manipulating people, like, that's that's kind of impressive. But then, on the other hand, maybe you should manipulate them not to murder people. Like, don't, don't choose that.
0: Maybe you should right? be manipulating people into, like, don't do drugs, kids, and stay in school. Because <laughs> that's or, what I should know, be doing, because I'm 12.
1: <laughs> manipulate them into, like, harmless crimes, you know? Break and enter, or, like, robbing a bank. Don't make them murder people. That's just... True. <laughs>
0: or maybe just not crime you're 12 like go and I don't know what you're doing in 2000 when you're 12 but go and do something worthwhile fun go play in the backyard beat each other up with sticks you're 12 like
1: you're 12 you're pretty sure you're still allowed in the McDonald's ball pit at 12 yeah go do that go to McDonald's play in the ball pit don't kill your family <sighs> uh, but I don't know like I kind of feel like maybe She learned to trick the system. You know, like if you are conniving enough to recruit somebody to murder your entire family at age twelve, you're probably conniving enough to make to fake some remorse after, you know Oh yeah ten years then you can probably just be like, Oh yeah, no, I just feel so bad. So can you sign my uh bail or what?
0: Yeah. Release form, yeah.
1: Yeah, that the thing. I know so much about jail. Uh, Yeah, so Jeremy, as for him, he got charged December 2008, and they kind of threw the book at him, at least, so, like, one of them got punished. Three consecutive life sentences with eligibility for parole after 25 years, and I don't know where he is, actually. I don't know where he's imprisoned, probably... I'd imagine probably. They always send the undesirables here. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was actually a third person involved. But her role is a little unknown. She was she drove the getaway car, but it's unclear whether she was like waiting outside the murder house or whether she just met them later and then helped them get to Saskatchewan. I don't know. But her name was Casey Lancaster. And Originally, they tried to get her on accessory to murder, but in the end, she was charged with obstructing justice and only got one year of house arrest. Nice. Yeah. So, I'm really glad to see the, uh, Canadian system is working out.
0: Well, I think, I don't know, like, as far as the youth justice system goes, like, I think jailing children for, like, really extended periods of time probably isn't the best way to deal with their crimes,
1: uh, actually that is a pretty good point like kids minds are pretty malleable right so you, yeah it, 10 years should be enough but when you're an adult you're already fixed in your ways
0: even so though murder that's a, an extremely adult crime that's not something like I mean she's 12 that's not something you're like okay well you know um I just in a moment of passion you know I was angry at my mom or angry at my dad or angry at my brother and I stabbed him and he died you know that's yeah, like no,
1: this is a like calculated planning. Like, they planned it for months. Yeah. Or, actually, sorry, for less than a month. Weeks, then. They planned it for weeks.
0: Yeah.
1: I really need to keep track of my own notes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just making up numbers at this point.
0: That's okay. Years, we're good at that. actually,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're still planning it. They haven't even committed it yet. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, God. <clears throat> so... That's pretty much all I have on the actual crime itself and the aftermath. But the victims, so Mark and Deborah had been married for 15 years, and they actually had a really impressive turnout. There was 250 people attended their funeral. Wow. That Their funeral, sorry. Because, I don't know, it just, like, obviously they made an impact in their community, and of course it was such a devastating event that a lot of people wanted to
0: pay their respects.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I was like, not mourn, but yeah, yeah. pay yeah. Their respects. Um, so a memorial service was held about a week before the funeral in Okotoks where Mark and Deborah had lived before they had moved to medicine hat. And the media was actually given the eulogy and they were encouraged to use it in the article that they wrote on the funeral and the eulogy. Uh, I wrote a bunch of it or a couple ex excerpts of it down so that we could kind of have a better idea of the victims themselves yeah so the eulogy remembered the family as wonderful people who will be missed by everyone who knew them and said that Deborah cared for her family especially her children in a balanced way she nurtured them emotionally spiritually physically and mentally
0: I don't know about that but
1: yeah maybe the other kid was really good yeah But that being said, like, it's not her fault that her kid fucked up.
0: No. And not to mention, in a eulogy, it's not like you're going to be like, here's all the shit that they did wrong.
1: (laughs) That's very true. But basically, Debra, according to everyone, Debra was a fucking gem, basically, and like this kid just happened to be a total black sheep, which, I mean, at 12, your emotions are running real high, your hormones are going wacky. But uh, Deborah was very proud of Mark and his accomplishments and stood by his side, backed his decisions, and loved him unconditionally. Then Mark was a dedicated provider and proud father who was easygoing and liked by everyone. He always made time for his family, be it playing with his children, taking them swimming and camping, as well as daily parenting. She said that, or sorry, the woman that sent the eulogy in, uh, said that Mark was successful in every aspect of his life, a man he could look to as a shining example of how to live then Jacob was a beautiful young soul full of energy and with a heart of gold he was a polite eight-year-old who had learned from his parents to give the biggest warmest hugs so I don't maybe Jasmine's hugs were like not quite as warm but like I don't know because she was a bitch <laughs> <sighs> yeah that was it that was my yeah that my case that's you. Crazy kids
0: these days. Yeah. Well, the internet's apparently a dangerous place because I too have an internet related crime this week. Do you? I oh, do.
1: Tell me all about it.
0: So I have the case of Melissa Ann Shepherd, who's also known as the Internet Black Widow. Ooh, dun dun dun. I was just going to say dun dun dun. So, uh, she was born May 16th, 1935, in a place called Burnt Church in New Brunswick.
1: Wow, did they
0: used to sacrifice witches there? <laughs> Probably. Uh, they were, she's also known as Melissa Ann Weeks, Melissa Ann Friedrich, and also Melissa Ann Stewart. So, you're kind of getting where this story's going already.
1: Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. Melissa Ann gets around.
0: Yeah. So from nineteen ninety or nineteen seventy seven to nineteen ninety one, she had over thirty convictions for fraud. And oh this goodness. was prior to like any other crazy shit she was gonna do.
1: Oh wow. So she just she just keeps on keeping on, doesn't she?
0: Pretty much. So in nineteen ninety eight in Ontario, or nineteen I keep saying nineteen ninety eight, and I think it's because I'm like a nineties child, but it's actually nineteen eighty 1988?
1: okay so anytime she says 90 just take a
0: decade just take off. a decade off please <laughs> um yeah so in 1988 in Ontario Melissa is 52 years old at this point she's also known as Millie and she meets a man named Gordon Stewart at this point Millie is married to her then husband Russell Shepard but Stewart and Shepard have an affair after which Mrs. Shepard divorces Russell and marries Gordon Stewart to become Mrs. Stewart shock surprise
1: Oh my goodness
0: wow who would have thunk mm-hmm. and they move out to nova scotia Ooh. so in 1991 and now see here we are actually in the 90s <laughs> for real this time you sure it's
1: not 1981 we haven't gone back in time no
0: on april 22nd millie drugs her husband gordon with benzodiazepines so like valium restoral that kind of thing basically acts as a sedative hypnotic like anti-anxiety anti-convulsant and even a muscle relaxant so lots oh, of, Yeah, I mean, lots of people take them, but generally they don't take them for nefarious purposes. <laughs> right. So she drives him to a remote stretch of highway near the Halifax airport, and she kind of pulls his unconscious, semi-conscious, possibly already dead body out of the vehicle and proceeds to run him over with their car. Twice.
1: What? Oh. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just fucking what? I mean, once is like... I- once you know you're like oh we were out walking the dog and he just i didn't see him he just ran right in front of the car but then it's like i backed over to him to see if he was okay yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically oh my god so then she basically goes to uh the police like three hours later concocts this wild story about how she'd killed her husband as he attempted to rape her oh dear yeah Unfortunately for her, Mr. Stewart, before his death, had written a letter detailing how Millie had been unfaithful to him, how she had lied constantly, and had drained his bank account.
1: Oh, well, fucking shucks, Millie. (laughs) Pretty much.
0: You're not getting away with it. Dang.
1: So would you say your plan was a success? Mm, Probably
0: not. Nope. And they also, of course, did a toxicology report um, on the victim and found that he had the benzos in his system
1: tried to rape you when he couldn't even fucking stand yeah
0: when he may or may not have already been dead at the time yeah hard
1: to get it up when you're dead
0: so 1992 millie is convicted of manslaughter for the death of mr stewart and is sentenced to only yeah and is sentenced to only six years
1: manslaughter though how the fuck she ran over him twice and they called it manslaughter
0: (laughs) she drugged him and then ran over him twice, and they called it manslaughter.
1: Yeah, like, I thought manslaughter, I thought, like, the difference between murder one and manslaughter was, like, manslaughter is, like, you don't have, you don't go there with the intention of killing anyone. Yeah. It's, so, like, it just sort of happens, fit of passion, whatever. And then murder is, like, no, you fucking planned it. Right? Yeah.
0: I guess they didn't have enough evidence to say that she did, I, which is, I don't know.
1: Circumstantial is enough in that case, when the circumstances are that she fucking drugged him. Yeah. And then backed over him twice. Like
0: Yeah. So while she was in prison during those six years, she formed a support group for women who'd been abused by their husbands. Yeah. Wow. After serving just two years, she actually was released and she became a spokesperson for battered woman syndrome. And she
1: was what? She never got hit by anyone, did she?
0: There's no proof to say she ever did or didn't, so I think that was part of the issue.
1: Oh my god. Mm-hmm.
0: So she toured.
1: So clearly Fraud was her real calling. Oh
0: hell yeah. So she toured the country giving speeches and received a government grant to help other women.
1: Oh my god.
0: Yeah. Which That's is great. I know. Give the fraudster money. That's a great plan. Nothing yeah, could possibly yeah, go wrong no with that. Convicted
1: of frauds
0: 30 times wants government money. Yeah. Yeah. Art. <laughs> <laughs> Seems legit. Yeah. So, in case anyone didn't really know, um battered woman syndrome can actually be battered person syndrome obviously, but it's most classically um seen in cases of of women, unfortunately. So, basically it's it's the idea of killing in self-preservation even if not directly in self-defense. So, there's actually a really famous case of uh, Regina, which is the crown, basically, versus a woman called Janet Catherine Charlton in 2003. So, which was exactly the case of that. So, following threats of sexual and violent physical abuse towards herself and her four-year-old daughter, Charlton uh, actually, yeah, Charlton actually killed her obsessive, jealous, and controlling partner uh, while he was restrained as part of their usual sexual activity. And her five-year sentence was reduced to three and a half because the terrifying threats created a genuine fear for the safety of herself and her daughter. So they were like, okay, no, we see. It's legit, basically.
1: Yeah, justifiable homicide, right?
0: Pretty much, yeah. So she she actually murdered him with an axe.
1: Oh, god yeah. damn, girl.
0: So she was ultra pissed off. The irony the, of that, though, is that...
1: Part of their routine bedroom activities? Well,
0: yeah, yeah, really, you know, what's the worst thing is it actually was... What? The, yeah, the husband had actually brought the axe into the bedroom himself to threaten her with
1: wow that's fucking what what yeah what a fucking idiot he's like i'm gonna kill you if you don't do what i say now tie me up babe
0: yeah
1: (laughs) what you fucking idiot
0: pretty much (laughs) so anyway she got her she got a sentence reduced for that because they could prove that he was a danger and a threat to her and her daughter and that she'd acted in a way that
1: yeah yeah
0: she'd acted in a way that was basically to preserve her own life and the life of her child
1: yeah yeah when it comes to someone threatening your kids like there's nothing getting in the way of
0: any parent nope not at all so, Millie, of course, is now out at this point in time. So, between 2000 and 2001, she's now 66, and she meets 83-year-old Robert Friedrich on a Christian dating website, slash, like, at a Christian dating retreat kind of thing. And she writes to him, saying, God wants us to be married, and within a couple of days... That's days.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Are people really this fucking stupid in real life? Yes. Oh, wait, this is real life? Yep. Yes, they are.
0: <laughs> and so they were... They married a couple of days later.
1: Oh my god. -hmm. God wants us to be married. No, honey.
0: (laughs) So Mr. Friedrich died of a cardiac arrest almost exactly one year later.
1: Oh my god, shocking.
0: Yep. (laughs) Millie then emptied his bank account of between 100 and 400 grand and continued to receive his social security checks.
1: Sorry, took between 100 and 400 grand.
0: Yeah, there wasn't exa- like, there wasn't an exact number of exactly. Well, that's a pretty big fucking ballpark. No, man. I know. Of what she'd stolen. It wasn't public record or whatever. But it right. was a lot of money.
1: Enough that she could afford to go find a new husband to kill.
0: Pretty much. And she had him cremated without an autopsy.
1: Oh, shit. Yep. She's learning from her mistakes. Mm-hmm. So
0: she was not charged in connection with his death. His sons later on actually made a criminal complaint against her, alleging that she'd poisoned him with prescription medication. And they actually won, in the court case, they actually won back all but about $15,000 from her. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, So between 2004, oh, and then, of course, and then she buggers off because that's what she does. Of course. So in 2004 and 2005, Millie meets 73 year old Alexander Str- Strategos. I want to say Strategos, maybe Strategos. Online. A few days later, she moves into his Florida home. And over the next few months, funnily enough, Mr. Strategos becomes weaker and weaker, continually falling over, and oh has dear. eight hospitalizations within two months. Oh dear. Yes. Shock, surprise.
1: Yes, wow. Hm. Mm-hmm. Whoever saw that coming.
0: Mr. Stratagos' son became suspicious when he discovered that his father had unprescribed benzos in his system. So, obviously, on one of his hospital trips, they discovered, or maybe possibly more than one, they discovered that he was ingesting benzodiazepines.
1: Oh! And his son... you go, baby Strategos.
0: Yeah, and his his son went, hang on a second. You're not prescribed these. I know your medication, whatever. And he also realized that Millie had withdrawn $20,000 from his dad's bank account. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Can so, you imagine
1: he, having $20,000 in your bank account?
0: Oh, God, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> so in January of 2005, police arrested her on the charges of grand theft and forgery, because I guess they couldn't prove that she'd attempted to poison him. Right. She pled guilty to those things. She got five years. She served four. So, in April 4th, 2009, she was released, and she was actually deported back to Canada. And she...
1: Another support group?
0: Yeah, basically. <coughs> support group for women who try and murder their husbands but fail. Mm-hmm. And never having... And she never faced any charges related to Mr. Stratego's. But thankfully, he is still alive, at least. So, that's bonus oh, for him. Good. Mm-hmm.
1: That's good! You go, then, Coco. Pretty
0: much. So on September 28th, 2012, Millie, now 77, marries Fred Weeks, who's 75.
1: I'm sorry, I cannot believe this bitch is still going strong at 77. Oh, I know. Settle down, lady, like, pick a rich husband and keep him, you only got a few years left in here.
0: I know. I know, right? It makes no sense. I think she just probably got off on, like, actually attracting the guy and, you know, getting him to marry her and whatever, you know, like. It's just craziness. But, I mean, how, how do you attract a man at 77? You're just like, cool, so um, I'm good company, I occasionally cook, and I swear not to poison you. Oh, wait, I lied on that part, but that's fine.
1: <laughs> I'm good company and I don't wear diapers.
0: Yeah. I can still control yeah. my bowel and my bladder. <laughs> Yay. And I also don't require you to have sex with me.
1: Yay. And I also constantly have Werther's Original.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hard candies everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. So well on their honeymoon, a few days later, Mr. Weeks fell ill and had to be hospitalized. Oh no. Yep. That happened, I wonder. I know. So nursing staff <laughs> at the hospital noted that he'd actually been injected with something, so they must have found a mark and alerted the police, which was very clever of them. Oh so in October, October, October. <laughs> on October. I'm sorry, I'm, uh, what month was it? <laughs> Ha, la, 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 la. On October 1st, 2012, Fred Weeks leaves the hospital on his own accord, not in a body bag, which, for Millie's husbands, is basically nothing short of a miracle.
1: Wow,
0: oh no, what happened in November? No, in November, no, we're still in October. <laughs> um, no, in October October 2nd of 2012, Millie is arrested on the charge of administering a noxious substance, which was dun, da, da, benzos. And she was denied bond. Good. Fuck her. Mm-hmm. So on searching the couple's apartment, when they searched their apartment, like, where they were, had been living together, the police actually found 144 tabs of lorazepam, tomazepam, three unlabeled empty pill bottles, and prescriptions from five different doctors. Who the hell is giving this woman pills?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly just impressed by her resourcefulness at this point. Oh, I know.
0: Like... They're like, yeah, um, okay, I can't get them in pills anymore because they won't give them to me, so, uh, maybe I'll try and get them in something injectable. Oh, that worked. Excellent. All right, we'll try that for a little while. Like,
1: Jesus. Oh, shoot. They figured me out. I better go back to the pills. Yep.
0: So in June of 2013, she pled guilty to administering a noxious substance. She gets three and a half years.
1: Oh my God. How has nobody really cottoned on to the fact that this woman is, like, probably bad news?
0: Yep. So the Crown tried unsuccessfully to argue that her age should not be a factor in her sentencing, so they wanted them to be like, no, 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 let her rot for the next 20 years or however long she has left to live. In prison... She's not
1: She wouldn't even have 20 years left. Yeah. And like, ten. Give her
0: ten years. Yeah, and they were like, oh, no, but she's old, and we don't want her to, whatever, we don't want her to die in prison, or... Oh, my God. I don't even know, yeah.
1: But she's old! We can't have the rest of her life be... Upsetting like this.
0: Yeah. She's just a sweet old lady who tried to murder four people. (sighs) Oh
1: my god. Yeah. Wow. Jesus Christ, Canada, what are you thinking? Yeah.
0: So she serves her whatever couple of years. And her her initial parole so she was supposed to be out on in uh, January of twenty seventeen, but she was allotted she was allowed to try for parole in twenty fourteen. So in December of twenty fourteen the judge denied her parole request believing that she should serve her full sentence, so basically...
1: Oh, wow. I'm, actually, that was surprising. I, I know. Really, <clears throat> there's a catch! Know, I'll just, I'll just be like, oh, she's old and sad. Let's just let her out after two years. Yeah,
0: no, there's a catch here. So, on March 18th...
1: Wait, <laughs> let me guess. She poisons the judge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. That oh, would be epic, no. but no. <laughs> so, on March 18th of 2016, she's released because uh, the um, what are they called? Like, basically the jail determines that it's not worth having her in there and they're overcrowded and they boot her out, essentially.
1: Oh my fucking god.
0: Mm-hmm. Although she is assessed at a high likelihood to reoffend. Shock surprise.
1: Oh my god! Really? Like, uh-huh. kick out the fucking guy that robs banks or something. Not that guy that fucking kills his... Wait, no. Not the girl that kills her husband.
0: Yep. So um on April 11th of 2016 she's charged with breaching the terms of her release. She wasn't allowed to access computers. And guess what she was doing? Good old Millie was back on the dating website.
1: Oh my god. Yep.
0: Pretty much. And they, but they ended up dropping the charges in December anyway. So no ch- Yeah, so guess what? Little Millie is out and about doing her thing, probably off murdering husband number 5 or whatever number we're on to now.
1: Oh my god.
0: Yeah. Is she still kicking? Oh, yeah. No, she's, as far as I'm aware, she is still alive.
1: Jesus fuck. All right, well, if you ever meet a grandma named Melissa.
0: Run for your life. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I believe she's 82 now. However, her last husband, Fred Weeks, happily can say that he is actually not married to Millie. Hallelujah. Due to false information being provided on their marriage certificate.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, well, at least she's... No, I I got
0: nothing. Nope. So her previous boyfriend slash husband slash the one that she wasn't able to murder but attempted to, Mr. Strategos, warns all other men to watch out for her. Although he he is quoted as saying that he doesn't regret their time together. He basically just regrets that she attempted to kill him.
1: Well, I mean, that's fair. Like, you can be a murderous bitch and still have a good time.
0: Yeah, but the whole like, wanting to kill the person you're with the entire time is a little <laughs> unnerving.
1: Yeah, a little bit. But I mean, it's already like new, right? You know, so it's like it's like a bad breakup. You know, it's like the relationship might have been worth it, even though the breakup was total shits.
0: True, I suppose. Yeah
1: in this case it wasn't a breakup it was an attempted murder
0: yeah but i guess they said they couldn't prove that she'd actually attempted to murder them they thought like oh yeah she's just feeding them the benzos in order to make them change their wills
1: that probably smarter honestly actually it
0: worked though in a lot of cases because they thought they were dying actually, were some of them in the case of which they were actually dying yeah and
1: it's like oh baby are you really gonna leave me
0: with nothing yeah cared for? Mm-hmm. so they she was made the power of attorney on like all of her all of her husbands as they got sick uh all of the wills were made out to her all their money went to her all that kind of stuff so they were like oh well no she wasn't actually trying to kill them she was just trying to get them to get them to do that which is why she got such short sentences
1: actually pretty clever. I mean, it's really kind of weighing your options, isn't it? It's like a little longer on the crime, but then less jail time if you get caught. Yep. Versus like just straight up murder. Long time if you get caught. Not as good of a payout.
0: Yeah, but then why would she bother to run over her first, second, second husband? I mean, really.
1: Well, because he was trying to rape her, of course.
0: Oh, yes, yeah. He was trying to, rape her, trying to rape her while he was probably dead from the benzos that she'd given him.
1: Well, he was already completely unconscious. Yes. Oh my god, so Millie then, alright.
0: Yep, so the internet is a dangerous place, people. Watch out for crazy grandmas and crazy 12-year-olds. Yeah,
1: do they still teach internet safety?
0: I don't know. I think probably more kids know more about the internet nowadays than adults do, so pretty hard to teach well, with your they should kids already. Still now.
1: teach internet safety just you know to be careful. Like, hey, don't talk to anyone you don't know.
0: Don't go on Nexopia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't make public chat forums. Although these fucking dating sites, oh my god. Like, how many murderers have we done so far that have gotten their people off a dating site I can think of off the top of my head at least two this one and Mark Twitchell.
0: yep no I know it's creepy this is why I live in fear of everything (laughs) (laughs) this is why I
1: don't go outside (laughs) I know this is why I fucking yeah no I have all my privacy settings on everything maxed out I don't let anyone like my location settings are always turned off
0: oh yeah Like,
1: I—no way. No way. I'm not gonna fucking let any old bastard track me down because I was dumb enough to, like, put my pin on a snap map or something. Yep. Creepy. That shit is public.
0: Okay, but dude, I'm so paranoid about this kind of stuff now. I went to the dog park the other day, and I saw that— there was, like, one of those big, white, creepy vans or whatever parked at the dog park, and I parked, like, three stalls away from it because I was like, oh, no, this is a kidnapping trap. (laughs) I am not parking beside you, motherfucker.
1: This is how they get you. Oh, and that one episode of CSI is totally why I will never help somebody in a wheelchair load their groceries into their wheelchair van.
0: Hell no. Because
1: I'm like, yeah, no, I've seen that episode, okay?
0: (laughs) I know what's up. I'm on to you.
1: Yeah, no, I fucking got you.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I feel like there's a certain level of you know paranoia that you just have to let into your daily life.
1: <laughs> no, no, <nope. laughs> be scared of everything. Pretty much, that's and our survive. that's our life goal.
0: Exactly. <laughs> that fight or flight? Fuck the fight part. Just run.
1: Yeah, fighting is silly because you're probably going to get hurt. Yep. So just just run, just run away.
0: Yep. Make like Usain Bolt and it book it. With, can't, catch. (laughs) Exactly. And you don't even have to outrun murderer. You just have to outrun the next person.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you just have to outrun the other guy.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which I mean tragically I probably could not outrun anybody, but you know
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have very poor stamina. Pretty
0: much. But then again, murderous psychopath chasing after you is pretty motivating.
1: That's true. That's got that adrenaline going. Yeah
0: pretty damn high
1: but different from like the fucking beep test in school
0: <laughs> yeah no kidding although man by the end of that you're like fuck i'm dying anyways <laughs> uh you're like beep number three you're like this is torture for children <sighs>
1: oh my god honestly if somebody was chasing me to kill me i'd probably just like man i'm gonna suffer less if you just kill me right away it's not <laughs> like I'm not <gonna> <laughs> like, i'll be less <laughs>
0: sweaty i'll make a prettier corpse if you just kill me <laughs>
1: yeah just don't stab my face and don't mutilate my corpse please yeah uh,
0: or mutilate me while i'm alive just stick to normal don't throw
1: me in a dumpster because that's like unclassy yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm not gonna die gracefully but i would at least like to die you know With a little bit of dignity. Yeah,
0: a slight amount of dignity. And sweating my ass off prior to dying is not dignified.
1: No, they're not going to find my sweaty, stinky corpse. Like, just kill me now and drag me into a public area so they can find me fresh and clean.
0: Yep. You know? (laughs) And call her a day. I'll make a beautiful corpse, and that's that.
1: (laughs) It'll be great. We can even do an open casket or
0: something.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna end this episode with. Is if you're gonna kill me, just let me have an open casket. Yeah. You know, like, leave me as you would.
0: What would you wear in your casket?
1: Well, I fucking want to be cremated, but if I'm gonna go down and be buried underground, yeah, uh, something really fucking weird. Like, if any gravedigger came upon me, I would want to be wearing like
0: a suit of armor or something.
1: <laughs> Something fucking weird, you know, like a clown costume, complete with the nose, (laughs) that would fucking creep you right out. Oh, hell yeah. Crack open a coffin, and fucking bozo squeaks out of there, like, Like, oh my god.
0: (laughs) You know you're being haunted for life.
1: Yeah, that'll give you some bad fucking memories. Oh, yeah.
0: I'd completely do the ghost thing, where I would be, like, the all-white, like, old-school, like, white nightgown, like, oh, yeah. I go oh that my way god, for sure. Yeah, actually, that's so funny. Absolutely.
1: Okay, um oh, what else is like a really weird or something that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like a Superman costume or like just something really weird. Something like a put me in a Halloween, like a werewolf. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Dress me up as a, like the most realistic. I don't care how much money you have to spend on it. Like, I want an incredibly realistic... Like, those gorilla costumes, except Oh, for
0: yeah. Like, you know what would be really weird for me? Bury me in exercise gear. <laughs>
1: she's wearing yoga pants in her fucking coffin. I don't know. What the hell?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Oh, my God. She's wearing a sports bra? What the fuck?
1: <laughs> Your fucking desiccated ribs poking out. Like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. She's finally skinny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> On the tip with two years of decomposition!
0: Yeah, wow, she looks great though. <laughs>
1: oh my god. Hashtag new diets working out. Pretty much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Ugh, oh, so yeah, as so we, we know.
1: Yeah, if you're gonna kill us, do it creatively and, uh. Yeah. Do it quickly. God, quickly, please. Yes.
0: Oh yeah, hey, and feel free to email us. Um. Missing dash pieces at outlook.com, your stories of what you'd like to be buried in.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes. And oh, yeah, we're not doing Twitter anymore, are we? Like, nobody actually cares about it.
0: I don't know. I'm still deciding, you know?
1: Yeah, like, on the one hand, like, I would like to get the pictures out there. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm kind of like, no one actually, like, follows. Like, no one actually pays attention to Twitter. Yeah. Even the podcasts we listen to, they always plug their Twitter, and I've never once visited. No,
0: me either. So no. we'll see. If you want to look us up at Missing Pieces Three on Twitter, then fire away. But we'll uh, we'll keep that one on lock for now. Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And we will see you all next week.
1: Bye. Bye.